Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? Hello, and welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an Odd Couple podcast. This is Ted Linhart. You're here with Garrett Eisler. Garrett, hello. Hello. So today we're talking about one of, I think, our favorite episodes. I believe you and I have agreed on that, Fat Farm. And uh, this is season two, uh, episode eight. We uh, skipped episode seven. I know it sounds like we're skipping a lot of episodes. I think the... Truth is... Which one did we skip this time? Uh, this time, we, I was about to get to it. We skipped, does your mother know you're uh, out, Rigoletto? I think the issue for us is the, the show found its footing by season three and beyond. Season one, we have our issues with, and season two just had a couple clunkers. There are clunkers elsewhere, but I think season two has the majority of them, what we vision as clunkers, and it's our podcast, so we get to decide. And again, we will talk about the Rigoletto episode when we get to the end of season two and recap some of these episodes that we just can't devote an entire hour to because we'll be bored and you'll be bored if we're bored. Um, and normally when they force feed in, like when Tony Randall wanted to force in some sort of celebrity or Jack Klugman did, sometimes those, I think, caused some episodes to be inorganic and therefore not great. But we'll get to it. But we're going to talk about Fat Farm, which I think the fans would much rather hear us talk about than the Rigoletto. So, Garrett, you want to do a little intro on Fat Farm? Yes, Fat Farm, as you said, is season two, episode eight. Original air date, November 12th, 1971. So we're still in the fall of 1971, in the 71-72 season. Uh, Writing credit goes to a Mr. Albert Lewin, who I looked up and is actually a very interesting background, a little different, a little older than the other writers on the show, uh, but someone who did write a total of seven odd couple episodes. And actually, I believe many of them in this season. So he must have been sort of on staff for the season. But he is one of the more seasoned writers on the staff at the time, with credits going back to radio in the 40s, writing for all the big comics, Bob Hope, Eddie Cantor, Mickey Rooney, uh, wrote on classic shows of the 50s and 60s, like My Favorite Martian and uh, Alfred Hitchcock Presents. And while he was doing Odd Couple, he was also writing for Brady Bunch. So I don't know what to read into that, but it is kind of, for him to have the concept of the fat farm, as a 50-something-year-old man himself, uh, might have fed into some of the character the issues that Oscar is going through. In the he show. sounds like a versatile writer. That is true, yes. Great. We open on a location shot in Central Park, I'm presuming, of a baseball game. And we see from behind what is supposed to be Oscar. I think it is Jack Klugman. Do you think it's a stand-in or do you think it was him? You know, I didn't get a great look at it, but when you pointed out the, uh, the other establishing shot of them in the street for this episode, it does make sense that they must have, they could very well have done a series of those shots. Like, it's always difficult for a show that's taping in LA, but set in New York, that are they gonna bring the stars to New York just to do the establishing shots? And um, 
I know I know that they did a series of establishing shots before the first season that are reused various times, but I've noticed we've seen quite a bit of them. So they must have done another trip to uh, to do those sometime before in in the summer of '71, maybe knowing what kind of storylines they were going to have. So it's totally plausible to me that that is. So we see him running to get a baseball. Now we cut to a shot of the apartment and Felix and Nancy are coming in. They appear to have been in the park as well. That's what they're talking about. Although we didn't see them really in the establishing location shot. Felix's sports outfit is all white. He wears an ascot for some reason. Not sure. His, his outfit is hilarious. Um, and so in character, it's brilliant has to be seen to be believed but yes it's like something that someone playing tennis in 1923 would be wearing exactly uh, I had, it's the same <laughs> reaction i have uh nancy says that felix is a great ball player and asks how do you manage to slide into home base without smudging your uniform so part of this reason for this perfect looking uniform is because we're supposed to imagine he has played sports that day yet comes home looking as if he just got ready I find that that line does stretch plausibility. It does. He's wearing a totally white, <laughs> totally white outfit that did not slide in anything. Oh, you, one thing you left out about Central Park, I believe that is the Great Lawn, by the way. Ah, yes. Which that, we I, know well. Yes. And where they play, where there's lots of baseball, softball fields. So Felix answers the question, how do you manage to slide into home base, by saying, practice, practice, I got my letter in college for that. So let's talk about this response for a moment first of all the joke falls flat the audience does not laugh <laughs> so i don't think anyone today gets i don't think letters in college is a thing anymore maybe i'm wrong but i went to college and you went to college there's no varsity letter still that they don't do that uh, well i didn't play sports in college so yeah. maybe i'm out of it but i don't think this is a modern custom and what it is is you would earn a literally a cloth letter for doing something in college usually for sports that you would then be able to put on a piece of clothing and show that you are a great something. I guess it's a usually a, some sort of sports activity. Uh, clearly, he's not getting a letter for uh, not having a messy uniform after playing. So that's a, another incredulous joke that he's not saying, you know, Felix isn't saying this as a joke. He's saying right. it, it, that right. is true. It obviously didn't happen. Yes. Uh, but I don't know that any, I don't know if a 30 year old or 25 year old who discovers the odd couple would understand this trick. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, luckily it passes quickly. So. And the, con you know, in context you get it, but the audience doesn't get it. And the audience, you know, in 1971 yeah. went through college. So for whatever reason, that joke doesn't work. Kudos to them for not sweetening it on the laugh chart. True. So Felix asks, where did we lose Oscar? Because Oscar is not home yet. And Nancy says he stopped at a hot dog stand. And Felix says, not another hot dog. He says he's worried about Oscar. He's a glutton. He watched him eat six during the game and only chewed two. Nancy, says he, about that one. Nancy says he wishes Oscar could be more like Felix because, quote, Felix is in perfect condition. And Felix says, a sound mind and a healthy body. And that's on cue when Oscar comes in looking completely run down. He drops, he does this great. Klugman does this so well. He drops a mitt, a face protector, and a jersey one at a time in perfect sequence. Mm -hmm. And then he sits down on the couch and he tries to eat what is left of the hot dog he bought, but he has no energy and he puts it on the ashtray. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if you noticed, someone in the audience like whistled 
at this entrance, which no, I, did not know. I, I guess because they just thought it was a perfect entrance, I found the, the whistling, you know, it broke it a little bit because you're now remembering there's an audience there, but it was a pretty impressive entrance. Oh, yeah, and he looks just terrible. He does. <laughs> it totally establishes the premise for the episode. So Nancy hands Oscar a beer, but he cannot open it. Uh, the can is green and yellow. can't even open his can of beer. Right. Exactly. He's flicking at it yes. so weakly. And Oscar loves beer, so the fact he can't open it is a signal to us that he's really tired. It's a green and yellow can, by the way. The last time we saw him open a can when the, it, it shot up all that foam, yeah. that was a white and red can, I think. So. Oh. It's either a different uh, brand, different prop, or a yeah. So close. I mean, I just yeah. It looks to me like a totally fabricated, generic <clears throat> uh, beer label, but <clears throat> a very attractive one. So I imagine Oscar having one favorite beer, and the fact that there's two different cans indicates to me clearly they, a they're not thinking that clearly about it or that specifically about it. They are just finding some prop out there, but. We're trying to nitpick as part of the passion for the show, and that's something I discovered. Now, he could, of course, have two different beers, or Felix is buying the beer, and he doesn't care what brand he buys all the time. So uh, anyway, enough about the beer can. But speaking of his favorite things, maybe is this a good time to mention that, because he's wearing it, and he has worn it the last few episodes, the baseball cap that Oscar wears is a Mets cap. Yes. Not a Yankees cap. Very consistently. And it even goes back to the movie uh, where Walter Matthau wears a Mets cap as Oscar Madison. And um, so this, it's just it's good to point out that he has a very specific, they chose the Mets and not the Yankees. And in the radio episode, there's a big joke about that where people come and punch him because of the team he uh. He, he, uh, I forget which team he talks about. I assume it's the Mets and Yankees stuff too. We'll get to that when we get yeah. to season five, I think that is. So um, Nancy says he's worried about him to ask. She says that to Oscar. Uh, she says, uh, Oscar says it's the heat that got him. And Felix bends down to pick up the mess Oscar's dropped. And Felix says, it's not the heat, it's the food. And he points out mustard on his mitt as proof that it's the food, not the heat. <laughs> Oscar says he plays baseball every week for 16 years. And Nancy says Oscar's at an age where he has to take care of his body. And this would be, by the way, mm. Oscar, uh, Jack Klugman being 49 at the time, which is my age now. And I think yours. I, I just I just moved on from that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so and I will, I'm older. I will, I will be too. Yes, it's hard to imagine yes. that we're his age <laughs> yes. or older. This is probably a good, yeah, maybe this is the reason why we're doing this podcast is that we are now, we've now arrived at that age that um, they are our contemporaries. So Oscar says he can do anything Felix can do, which Felix laughs at. Uh, so let's play the clip of them discussing their ability. I'm in great check. I can do anything he can do. <laughs> what is that ho, 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 Santa Claus? You just said a very amusing thing. You think you're in better shape than I am? My mother's in better shape than you. <laughs> Oscar, I'm a trained athlete. I'm never out of condition. And every summer I go away to the health farm for two weeks of really rigorous training. Those are the best two weeks of my life. Mine too. <laughs> Nancy, would you be good enough to toss a pillow right there, please? What are you gonna do, pick up a pillow? <laughs> Can you do this? What does that prove? There's dust under the couch. 
for anybody with a flat head could do that. Yeah, do something uh, gymnastic, you something know. Something gymnastic? Yeah. Can you do this? Wow. Now it's a kangaroo. You only learned that because you're afraid of mice. Come on, do something manly like we used to do when we were in the army. In the army? Yeah. You want to clean a latrine? <laughs> uh, you know what I mean. Well, push-ups. We used to do push-ups. How about push-ups? One arm or two. Two arms. Show off. Will you count for me, Nancy? Sure. Here we go. One, are you counting? Two, yes. Three, Notice the hands are close four, together, not far apart, five, which is easy, but six, close together. The back seven, is straight at all eight, times and talking nine. all the time. Tell me when to that's a And not out of breath. <laughs> floor is yours. You want me to do it with my hat on or my hat off? Make yourself comfortable. You count for me, will you, honey? Sure. Okay. You start counting, baby. Get your back straight. Cut. Right. Yeah, one. Keep counting. Two. That's it. Keep counting. Keep counting. Keep counting. Keep counting. You can stop counting, honey. All right, so let's talk about that clip for a moment. <clears throat> two things always bother me about that. I'm going to start with a negative. There's two so obviously inserted lines, and I don't know why they felt them. They're not great lines, and I don't know why they felt them in there. <clears throat> the first thing we see him do is do a headstand. And they dub in, there is dust under the couch, which I guess if he had said it authentically, and we heard him say it in the context of the clip, it would be fine. But they dub it in, and it's not that funny, and it's so obviously dubbed in, I find it very distracting. And then another dubbed in line is when Oscar says, do you want me to do it with my hat on or hat off, which is a funnier line, but again, is dubbed in. And I hate that those lines are dubbed in. Mm. Well, um, yeah, we're probably a little more savvy and sensitive to hearing that these days. The original broadcast kind of stood out so much. No, but I've been listening. I've been watching these reruns since 1981. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I've heard that the couch one forever. So yes. It is very obvious, yes. yes. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know, it didn't bug me as much, but uh, it is kind of crudely done. Very um, crudely But it's not I think it's kind of. I think it's, well, I don't know, but when Felix stands, he stands on his head and he's facing the couch. And so it is a character consistent moment. It's something Felix would say. I agree. He happens to notice the dust on the couch. So I've just, accepted it as something totally feelings. I just wish, I think the, the distraction of the dub is worse than the gain from the clip. I clear this is more my thing than yours. Uh, <laughs> and that second move we heard is him jumping on the desk in a vertical leap, which is actually pretty impressive. Uh, can we just say this whole, let's talk about how, uh, how out of shape Oscar is in this moment. And we were just relating to that as fellow 49, 50 year olds. Uh, now I see Tony Randall, who was 51 at this time, clearly in excellent shape and making me feel very uh, 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 inferior. So, um, I, by the way, I never said I was out of shape by Oscar. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, you, perhaps you relate more to Felix then. Um, uh, I'm more like Felix, <laughs> but he's Felix in better shape than I am, I, I admit. Okay. I could do that well, jump though. In fact, I think I used to try to do that jump. Really? Yes, wow. I can't do a headstand, but I can jump pretty high. I think we used to I I mean, do that in high school. This is the kind of um, 
scene though, which is so built around Tony Randall. Like it, it only yes. they're doing all this because Tony Randall can do these exactly. acrobatic stunts, right. and it fits. It works great in the episode because it's all about how Felix is in much better shape and health than Oscar. But it, obviously, Tony Randall's enjoying showing off all these tricks of his, which are clearly you know, they wouldn't have, he wouldn't have trained to do one just for the show. These are things that he already did. So they worked it into the scene. And notice how the audience applauds. They're like, it's just, it's just breaking the frame totally just to have like a Tony Randall acrobatics act. Exactly. And it's the second time we've heard Oscar call Felix a kangaroo. In the la- like the last episode we talked about, which is two episodes prior, he says, this is a kangaroo court and you're a kangaroo. But just so different meaning, different, different meaning, context. but interesting that so close yes. together we have Oscar calling Felix a kangaroo. True. So after Oscar cannot do it more than three push-ups, we go to the opening titles. We come back, and now Oscar's trying to jump on the desk like <laughs> Felix's, but he can't get anywhere close. He keeps kicking the desk and not jumping. And a few, I mean, I don't know that Jack Klugman can't do it. I have a feeling he can't, but he makes it convincing that he can't do it. He eventually climbs on the desk for some reason. And Felix comes in vacuuming and says, what is he doing? And Oscar says, and this is a throwaway line that doesn't get the laugh. It serves, oh, crouching on the desk. <laughs> um, Felix says he's worried about the happiness of their home. Uh, and Oscar says, first you're Jack Lane, and now you're dear Abby. Felix says he wants to have a man-to-man, heart-to-heart talk with him. At the same time, Oscar's smoking, smoking and blowing smoke directly in Felix's face. Would we know Tony Randall? hates and I bet was not part of the, I think that was an ad-libbed uh, <laughs> move. And he says, okay, dad, while putting ashes in Felix's shirt pocket, which was unnecessarily cruel, he, <laughs> Felix wasn't being mean to him. That was uncalled for, I believe. Well, he's kind of uh, resenting Felix taking this very patronizing tone with Oscar. And that's why he mocks it by calling him dad and then undercuts him by putting out his edges in his pocket, which is kind of dangerous. Uh, but Felix is being serious enough that he, he chooses to overlook it. And it is a, it's a wonderful moment, actually, because we've seen so far this season, Oscar have these moments where his fondness for Felix comes through, that he's doing something because they're such good friends. And this is the first time I've seen in a while that Felix is, he, when he says the happiness of our home, he's talking, he's talking about them as a family yes. and, or as a couple. And so, uh, and he is really concerned for Oscar. Uh, and this is a theme that comes out in the end, right? Like, you know, how many more years does he have to live? Um, that like, is his life going to be cut short by his uh, being so out of shape? And they're men in their fifties. So I think it's, uh, it's touching. I agree. Felix does say he's going to ignore that. And then Oscar puts his foot on the table, I guess, to do another crude thing. But he accidentally hits the big old ashtray and then takes his foot off. That scene to me seemed to be completely not planned and like not intentional. That did not I seem... Didn't, I, yeah, I, I didn't really note, note that at the time. But now that you mention it... I don't think he was... I think, been, yeah. yeah, I don't think that was supposed to... That just came off as an accident to me in a way. And not that he wasn't supposed to put his foot on the table, but the hitting the table, hitting the ashtray and then pulling his foot off the way those they the two of them reacted to it felt like that didn't go exactly as it's supposed to go listeners can go to the videotape and analyze uh this episode is on cbs all access felix says he knows oscar's upset about the rotten shape he's in oscar says he's not in rotten shape felix asks what he had for breakfast this morning 
Oscar says that candy and soda are energy food. <laughs> but you know, I can't interesting... believe even Oscar would have candy and soda for breakfast. Well, so I agree with you, but not for the reason you're saying. We see Oscar eat a lot. We don't see him eat right. a lot of candy. We don't see him yeah. drink a lot of soda. So if he right. had said salami and beer, yeah, that would have been. But I found candy and soda to be inauthentic to Oscar's I agree. eating it. So Felix now tries to pitch Oscar going to Burger's Fat Farm. Uh, Felix says Oscar has not. Uh, um, Felix says Oscar, you haven't had a physical in a long time. Oscar says not true, but then Felix starts to grill him. How long has it been? And Oscar says the last doctor to give him an exam was Lieutenant Sesu Hoshimura in Okinawa. So here we have more references to World War II. Okinawa was fought from April to June 1945, although it's possible Oscar and the army could have been stationed in Okinawa after the war. So it doesn't have to mean he's referring to 1945, although I think that's what we're supposed to take away, right? The Battle of Okinawa? Yeah, that is what Okinawa, the context of Okinawa and American soldiers is mostly about that, but I imagine there could have been a base. There is a base. uh, I think there's still a base there. Right. But, um, you know, I think there's a lot, I think it's in this exchange, doesn't, this brings up strange questions about their military experience, military service, and also their friendship and how long they've been friends, because it's in this exchange, I think, that Felix says, uh, you haven't had a physical since I've known you or something. And Oscar I don't goes, think you says... haven't. Go ahead. Well, Oscar says something like, you haven't known me that long. Oh, I, and... didn't, get that, but I didn't hear that. If that's true, and... I didn't hear that. Although um... the, the whole show is riddled with all the inconsistencies <laughs> we know. It is right. riddled with inconsistencies on how long they've known each other. It's completely when they different. met, right? Right. Starting with the opening credits saying "childhood friend" and right. they scratched "childhood" because they made an episode of them officially in the canon of the show. They met on jury duty, you know, in season one. So, uh, right? but then their fathers that... knew each other, also supposedly. <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. I remember. I know the episode of season one, which I haven't and, seen thirty years. And just now, in the clip you played. Oscar makes it even more confusing by saying, do something like we did in the army, which implies that they were in the army together. But then in the very next scene, uh, Felix is clearly not at Okinawa with Oscar. So I will say I never took away from any of this that they were supposed to be army together. Although there's an episode, the episode (laughs) where they propose where Blanche is proposed. Yeah, so (laughs) one could do like a timeline of like, or maybe when we're done with all this, if that's something we want to continue the podcast to like get into things like this and discuss them, we could. Maybe they went into kind of a time warp alternate universe and they lived several of these different histories. We'll explore that later. Good. So Felix says Oscar should have a physical examination every war, which again does reinforce he's talking about the Battle of Okinawa. So Felix is incredulous that the last time Oscar had a physical was in the army. Oscar says that Hashimura said Oscar was in A1 shape. And he says this while he's bringing out a massive tray of cold Massive. Cuts. Massive tray. It looks really good. It does look really good. It does look good. I have to say that. Uh, and Felix <laughs> implores Oscar to let Nancy give him an exam. And he says, a lot has happened since Okinawa. You've been married, divorced, eaten two freight cars of cold cuts. You had your clothes <laughs> cleaned once. Ha ha. And Oscar says he will go, but Nancy will tell him the same thing Hashimura did. A little more tea, cut down on the rice, which is a bit of an Asian stereotype joke that I don't yeah. know by today. Yeah, yeah. 
So ne- we next see Felix and walk Oscar walking down what I have actually determined to be 54th Street and 5th Avenue. So there's an image there of them walking. And all we can see, it's, I think you and I just know it's 5th Avenue, but there's this big store in the background that says Chandler's, which does not exist anymore. So I Googled Chandler's 5th Avenue. I wanted to know what was across. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I, that was what I was focused on. What street are they on? It's 5th Avenue and what? So I Googled Chandler's and I couldn't find anything. And then I Googled 70s 5th Avenue. I just left it at that and found a picture of that street, completely wow. coincidental. And I, but that wow. image had the 54th Street mm. cross street in the... There you go. And so it was 54th and 7th and 5th Avenue. Right next to the Museum of Modern Art. Then, right? Well, I mean, if it, anyway, the, sorry. It doesn't matter. We don't, <laughs> this is not that podcast. Uh, but anyway, so, but it was clearly them walking down the street, the two of them. So next, Felix is in Nancy's waiting room, playing with a stethoscope and testing uh, love it on, it. <laughs> on everything on the desk. And then he puts it on the phone, which rings, and he scares the Jesus out of him. <laughs> uh, he picks up the phone because it's ringing, but can't, he doesn't put it, he tries to put it to his ear, realizes the stethoscope uh, is in his ear. And instead of taking the stethoscope out of his ear, he cleverly puts the phone speaker to the stethoscope chest piece so he can actually talk into <laughs> the phone and hear through the chest piece. Uh, he, he asks, may I help you? to which we hear uh, somebody say something. We don't hear somebody say something, but there's a pause. And then he says, no, I'm a photographer, which is a second, like the third time we've heard the photographer identification. We heard it in a courtroom scene. Um, so that's like a thing where he identifies himself as a photographer and he's clearly in a place where he's not, they're looking, somebody's looking for something else than a photographer, either a doctor or a lawyer. And then we hear the click. Hang up. <laughs> I just, that is a, a beautiful little, very brief physical comedy moment Tony Randall has with the stethoscope. Uh, prop, good prop comedy. And it also is a reminder, it reminds me of how often Felix, like with playing lawyer, he's playing doctor here. He always believes that he can be better at these professions than the actual professionals. He's always just trying to, to be like that. Right. He's not saying, no, I'm a photographer. You better call someone else. He says, no, I'm a photographer, but may I help you? Like that's the <laughs> He intention. feels totally entitled to answer the doctor's exactly. phone. So here we have Oscar come out uh, from the examination. And let's just play that clip. How was your examination? Fine. How was yours? <laughs> I'm glad you dragged me down here. I got to see Nancy. I got a couple of hugs. It was nice. Forgetting about the sex. How was your examination? Fine. I told you I'm fine. There's no- Nancy, how is he? Eager. <laughs> His uh, pulse and blood pressure are normal. Uh-huh. The tests come back from the lab tomorrow, and that's about all I can see for now, except for a little fat around the tummy. Honey, that's fun fat. Everybody has that. I don't have it. You don't have any fun either. <laughs> My body isn't in question here. Nancy, tell me the truth. How is he? Well, as his doctor, I'd say he's in fair shape. But honey, honey, as your girlfriend, I have to admit, if you were in better condition, you'd look a lot sexier. Uh-huh. Oh, thanks a lot, and I don't need anything from you. Is that a nice thing to say? Hi, Doc. Hi there, Bob. Hey, I'm all ready for my annual body checkup. Go right on in. I'll be with you. Well, I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> you going to examine him? Yeah. Just the way you examined me? Uh-huh. I'm going in there with you. No, you're not. Yes, I am. <laughs> Bye, Buster. Bye, Felix. 
Billy. Wait a minute. How am I all right or not? Oscar, don't worry. You'll be around for a long time, wheezing and puffing and eating. <laughs> It'll be the most depressing day of my life. My girlfriend, who doesn't think I'm sexy, is in there examining Mr. America. <laughs> what would you say if I told you I could give you a new body? I'd ask for his. <laughs> I mean, rebuild the body you've got. Oh, please, don't start with a fat farm again, will you? You want to know the truth? Well, it embarrasses me to be around all those flabby people. Why? Because I'm one of them. Uh -huh. <laughs> also, nobody likes to see fat birds of a feather flocking together. Congratulations! You have just taken the first step on the road to good health. Admitting there is a problem is the first step. Oscar, fat is the mortal enemy of this amazing machine, the human heart, which begins beating before you're born and continues unceasingly until you die. Inside this miraculous organ are four chambers, two oracles and two ventricles. Now, what do you see? Chocolate kisses. <laughs> this is the most tasteless thing I have ever seen. I gave that candy dish to her. Read the inscription. Eat your heart out. That is such a great scene. It's a I love the you know I love the Felix lecture scenes where Felix lectures Oscar yes. about something, yes. and there's just so many great moments. It sets up the rest of the episode. It's got great jokes. It's a Felix lecture. There's a reveal at the end that you don't see coming, which we should explain. Yes, there's a Felix is holding a plastic human heart while giving that lecture, and then he opens it up to look at what's inside. But what's inside is actually a candy dish that Oscar's given him. <laughs> Chocolate Which then Oscar like, proceeds yes, to take the yes, candies and yes, eat them. Right, that's the whole point, is he gets to eat it. Um, um, also, we should point out that the, the, the other voice you hear coming into the doctor's office that gets such a reaction out of Oscar is indeed some like very well-built and younger man uh, who's just so chipper about getting his full physical examination from Dr. Nancy that it, 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 it plays very well on Oscar's insecurities. Although it's weird where he comes in, I'm here for my body checkup <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to it. Who, who A, looks well, forward to know, it and says that? Hey, well, a guy who likes to, you know, very proud of his body, I guess. Uh, and, um, but yeah, this is a very sexually charged scene because right from the beginning that, um, that it seems like Felix uses the word sex in a very kind of 60s, 70s way, which is like sex is anything kind of physically intimate? Because when Oscar's saying, oh, I got some hugs and all that, and he says, aside from the sex, how was you? Is there just a strange thing to say about a doctor's visit? And, um, uh, and, and there's all this talk about whether Oscar's, whether Nancy thinks Oscar's sexy enough. So it's playing on his, uh, his uh, masculinity. Um, and, but I'll just say one, one more thing about Nancy though. I happened to watch season one when he and Nancy met the, uh, last week, I was curious about when they talked about their anniversary and how that the, the way they met with Dr. Melness and all. And um, in that plot from season one, people might remember is part of his courtship of Nancy is to woo her. He actually goes to her office to try to see her and ends up, he wants to just see her socially, but they have to make an appointment for him and he has to get into the gown. And she is a little thrown off by that and 
put off by that and says, I don't date my patients. So I thought it was unusual that she agreed to, now that they are together as a couple, that she still would see him as a doctor. So he is, the, um, the patient is played by a guy named Ed Fury, who was uh, a kind of known bodybuilder turned actor at the time. Oh, uh, there's a guy named Steve, Re Steve Reeves, who be, did a lot of Hercules role uh, in Italy in the 60s. And this guy was following in his footsteps. He played in a movie, uh, he played a character called Ursus in movies, um, which was kind of like a Hercules type. And he did a lot of bit character work in the TV and movies in the 60s and 70s, um, playing, you know, muscle bound types. So so he's, he's clearly hired just for that 10 seconds. for him to Yes, come in and yes. And he may have been known to, I don't, he's not known to people now, but he may have been recognizable to some people at the time. He's still alive. He's 93. Uh, his full name is Rupert Edmund Holovichik. He was also on the dating game uh, as himself. So uh, they did like hire somebody who has a bit of a known quantity as a Mr. America to, to quote Oscar. After this, we cut to an exterior shot of the fat farm. I wanted to try to figure out where this was, but I didn't. I knew oh, it no. would take forever, and there's yes. no way to find it, so I don't know what no, that establishing no. shot is. Yeah, it could be in California, probably. That's true. And, and the whole thing is a very California... I just couldn't help noticing that, thinking about the early 70s, that this is kind of a spoof on what, something that was very California, the, the, the health culture, the diet culture, this, the fad diets. Uh, the super diets, right? I looked it up, Scar the Scarsdale diet is later. So the ones that we think of as the most famous from that era. So this is before that, but clearly there already were all the self-help books, the health gurus, which this guy, Dr. Berger, clearly is modeled on these kind of gurus. Uh, and so, but the more I thought about it, I go, well, this is really a, a reveals how so many of the people working on the show are California people, LA people. And it feels like more of that kind of spoof that you see in Annie Hall, even a few years later, than a New York thing. We, uh, Felix and Oscar enter their room, and Felix is impressed. Ah, look. I love it when Felix is excited about something that nobody else is excited <laughs> about. And right. Oscar is not excited. He goes, this is it? And Felix says, it's nice and clean. Well, Oscar says, it looks like a motel for sissies which is yeah. not a word that we really use very much anymore. I don't know what he exactly he <laughs> means by that. by that. There's obviously multiple yeah. meanings one could say for that, but um, yeah. that's what he says. An employee walks in. And, of its time. Of its time, Ted. Of its time. And he says that Dr. Berger wants to welcome them personally, so he sent me. Now, do you recognize, before I sent the notes, do you, did you I, recognize? I did not recognize. I mean, I, this guy looked familiar. He's very good in the scene and i was uh so i was surprised who you just who you identified him as so his 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 name is david ketchum that's the actor's name who's not necessarily a household name and he was in a lot of series in the 60s and 70s but if you're a get smart fan you will know him as agent uh -huh. 13. Yes, agent was. 13 was the uh spy who was always popping up in very uncomfortable places like inside a mailbox or inside mm -hmm. a, a dumb waiter and helping Maxwell Smart, giving him some sort of tip or clue. Uh, and that's where, that's where David Ketchum is most known from. And Get Smart is before this, right? Yeah, 65 to 70. So this, the, the, that show ended the season, mm -hmm. and the next season, uh, Odd Couple began. 
this he's never given a real name in the show, but the attendant, he asks them to empty their pockets to prevent contraband. And he says that Berger's first rule is thou shall not nibble. Only carrots and celeries are allowed, and he's got a jar of that to give them. He also confiscates, uh, confiscates Oscar's cigars, but Oscar says, oh, I'm leaving if you're giving that. If you're taking away my cigars, Felix convinces <laughs> them to stay. So he says gym hours are 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., and jogging is optional, to which Felix is like, oh, very like, <laughs> wow, what a big improvement that is. What a, how, what a great Great new change. That it's only that, optional. That's only optional. Oscar looking at him like, so what? Uh, and the guy says dinner is in 18 minutes, so don't be late. The man clicks his heels and bows to say goodbye, which does have a bit of a Nazi feel. So Oscar does give him a Hail Hitler salute, which is really <laughs> Yeah, I was really, I was a little uh, uh, jarred by that, that he gives a full-on Zig Heil yeah. to him with the context of it being that we are living, like this place is run like uh you know a prison camp yes so but uh, it's, you know it's one of the few <laughs> references like that in the show but it really works here and after he leaves oscar takes a carrot puts it in his mouth and says got a match uh-huh. isn't a it isn't a great way to go to commercial but we go to commercial back from the commercial now we're in the you know the like the iconic scene from the show we're in the dining room where oscar is given yogurt with crushed sesame seeds as a plate of food Oscar says it is a, tiny. It, it is, is tiny. tiny. Oscar says it's a fancy hors d'oeuvre, and Felix tells him that was the main course. And Oscar <laughs> says he has spilled more food on his shirt, which is, by the way, one of the few times I think, just thinking about it, that he refers to himself as messy. He knows he's messy, and he puts food, you know, he does messy stuff kind of sometimes intentionally, but he doesn't always refer to himself as messy in, in a joking way like that. So he does that here. Then the waiter brings them, uh, the waiter who brings them their food, who brought that plate. Uh, so that is a guy named David Duclon, D-U-C-O-N, D-U-C-L-O-N. This is his second of three appearances on the show. What is fascinating is his acting career is nothing, but he became a very successful television producer. He worked on Laverne and Shirley, The Jeffersons. He co-created Silver Spoons. He created Punky Brewster, which is coming back. And he also worked on Family Matters. So he was a bit actor. I'm guessing paying the bills by acting, but he was, became a writer and producer. And, and clearly working with Gary Marshall. On yes, some yes, of those shows. right. And uh, became very successful in his own right. So Felix says that this is concentrated energy food and she, he should eat a little at a time. He's already eaten it. And Oscar says he would need tweezers to eat a little at a time. Oscar says, even though they serve nothing to eat, they gave him a finger bowl, which he dunks his fingers into clean. And Felix says, no, that's the, get your hand out of the soup. <laughs> Oscar says it's lukewarm water. And Felix says it has necessary minerals in it, to which Oscar says chicken fat is the only necessary mineral for soup. Oscar says he can't live on this. He needs seconds. He needs firsts. Oscar <laughs> says, uh, Felix says he won't have room for dessert. So we're going to play the clip from the moment that, um, Felix says uh, he needs dessert. He, it should save room for dessert. What do you get for dessert? You get to suck on a balloon? <laughs> Dr. Berger is famous for his anything you wish desserts. Dessert here is mind-blowing. Well, that's more like it. A guppy couldn't live on this. Ah. Ready to order dessert? Yes! Baked Alaska with creme chantilly. Hey, Felix, that sounds better than mine. I'll have that on top of a hot fudge nut sundae with a lot of whipped cream. 
Oscar, the famous Chantilly is whipped cream. Yeah, but I'm hungry. I like the whipped cream on top of the whipped cream. One baked Alaska with creme chantilly. Mm. <laughs> One baked Alaska with creme chantilly on a hot fudge sundae with whipped cream overall. Would you like nuts on it? No, thanks. This is Dr. Berger's idea. To drive us crazy? <laughs> so much of eating is for the mind alone, not the body, that the mere act of going through the motions, pretending, satisfies. Satisfies the guy who washes the dishes. What are you doing? I'm eating my baked Alaska. It's a funny farm. Aren't you gonna eat yours? We gotta get out of here. Mm. Mm. Try a forkful. Go ahead, you'll see. Yeah, you have mine. Oh, no. no, I couldn't. Mine is so rich and creamy, I don't think I'll be able to finish it. Don't you want your dessert? <laughs> I'm beginning to believe this nonsense. Don't talk with your mouth full. Now, of course, we have to explain, although I, the fans will know, that the desserts are empty plates of food and the entire dining room are people thinking that what they're eating is on the plate when it actually is not. And the woman who comes, the woman who comes over, that's to me, that's the line, that's the moment I always love and remember most about this because it's such a great, you're not expecting this woman to come over and ask for his dessert. Empty plate. Empty plate, because <laughs> she could just imagine eating more right. of what's on her plate. So she uh, is so bought into it and so believes that she even wants the other people's empty plates. Right. Uh, it is also great. Yeah, it's, it's the scene I remember most, too, because they just flash around as like a small cast of extras who are the other Fat Farm uh, patients. Uh, guests and they're all sitting around they, and Oscar's just looking from one face to the other while these people are like have their eyes closed and are fantasizing about these pretending lifting an imaginary fork to their mouth you know as they eat these things it's a great also parody of like the ultimate fad diet which is like nothing <laughs> just just imagine and don't eat anything and the line where he says it pleases the guy who has to do the dishes, you know, it doesn't get its due. It's a great line. And the, the heavyset woman is played by Thelma Pellish, who had a lot of bit roles on TV in the movies, I think mostly as a chubby person. She was also in an episode of Quincy. And I, I, I have not go Clug, back. Jack yet. Klugman? We'll get yes, to his friends. I don't know if that's a, friends. Or a coincidence. Possible. So we cut to a scene in the gym. Now, what's odd about this scene to me is the scene starts, there's already laughter going on, and Jack Klugman seems to be in the middle of some sort of gym workout. So, for whatever reason, they start the scene after they've already started filming. I can't figure out why. And I find it, again, jarring that the scene starts and something's already happening. You already Well, there it. were all these, yeah, that may, maybe it was never even aired the first time, but I always associate those with 
in syndication, all those cuts they made, you know, you know about this stuff, Ted, like when, a, when shows go to syndication, or at least in those days, right, like they, syndication has, can't be as long because they need more commercials, is that? Well, right? yes, over time, as, uh, as part of a way for TV to make more money in the 80s and 90s, they would air, put in more commercials as competition, like cable and VCRs took away people from TV to make it up or in a greedy grab, uh, stations started to just add more commercial time and so they'd edit the show. That's right. And the shows from the 60s and 70s were much longer with content. Mm. I, but this is on CBS All Access. I don't think it's supposed yeah. to be a syndication cut. Yeah, uh, generally I find the CBS All Access uh, uh, versions to be as complete as I remember. But uh, I just, my fear has always been that some of those cuts made in syndication, like, never got recovered and that there are no, are there no master tapes of these left it's possible that something goes on in the beginning of that scene that's just really not fun i mean the idea is they would cut out stuff if they're being earnest about it that doesn't really add to the value of the show now that's a, obviously a subjective opinion and you may have some you know random editor at some local station somewhere or paramount editing department deciding years later what to edit you're you're right. That could also right. The, just for its original airing, that they they also tell television producers and showrunners are you know always struggle to get into those twenty two minutes. You know, and yes. always have to cut something just to get into that. Yeah, you know? I think it aired on ABC that way in seventy one. I could be wrong. Either way, it's a weird edit. Yes, whatever it is. Uh, so in that, so we in the gym scene um, and. Now they're supposed to be doing some sort of roll on their stomach with their hands behind their back, I guess, to exercise their stomach muscles. And of course, Felix is all into it, but Oscar's just asleep on the floor on his stomach. <laughs> and we hear the attendant say, you're a pleasure, Unger. So they love Felix and know Felix. Of course. So now Dr. Berger comes in, the famous Dr. Bill Berger. So he's played by an actor named Norbert Schiller. He was born in Vienna in 1899. His first film credit is 1922. He did a lot of live TV in the 50s and many, many guest shots on TV. And he has a peach in his hand, which Oscar desperately wants to eat because he's so hungry. So we're going to play the short clip of uh, Dr. Berger when he comes in because it's such a famous line that so many people think about when they, uh, when they think about this episode. Oh, good morning, Dr. Berger. Oh, a peach of a morning. Uh -huh. Hello, nice to see you again. Welcome back. Anything wrong, Kitty Kitty? Well, Madison here isn't used to getting up so early in the morning. Oh, you mean feeling that life here is more, much more than a bowl of cherries? Cherries are fat now. Oh, you get your always words for funny sense, for crazy sense of humor, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> So all that laughter is uh, because Oscar is struggling to get at the peach that Dr. Berger is holding. <laughs> and uh, it almost doesn't almost matter what anyone's saying because that's... Yeah, the whole focus of the scene is on Klugman, just like a rabid dog. I mean, it's, I've, it's actually for Klugman, I've never seen him this physical. It's great physical comedy from him and in a way he doesn't get to do on the show a lot, which he's just like, you know, he's desperate, he's miserable. He's being starved at this place. He's being made to exercise, which he hates. And all of a sudden, 
the guy comes in dangling this peach, this juicy peach, and he's like slobbering over it. And he literally attacks him, <laughs> grabs it, and puts it in his mouth, pulls the guy's hand in his mouth. One other thing I notice is that uh, Dr. Berger says, "Feel uh, you always have such a great sense of humor, crazy sense of humor. Now, crazy sense of humor is how Felix identifies his sense of humor. I thought it was odd that the actor said great and then said crazy. And I don't know if, he, if the line is supposed to say crazy, but why would a doctor who doesn't know Felix very well use the exact same way someone refers to their own sense of humor, immodestly? And he said great, and then he said crazy. So I just found that an odd phrasing and also illogical that he would use the exact same term. Perhaps, but what I love about that is that just going along with what the attendant says before, like Unger, you know, you're the, you know, you're an A plus student, you know, uh, that this, I'll, everyone loves Felix here oh, because he I, is the perfect yes. goody two shoes. I'm not saying he wouldn't address his sense of humor. I'm saying that he stopped in the middle, the word exactly the word yes. that Felix uses. Yeah, but that almost to me is like almost, it's like a little surreal. It's like Felix's fantasy place where everyone is just praising him and he's I guess, pleasing everyone. He's like I, the, the goody two shoes uh, student, you know. I guess that. Since he's there every year for two weeks, allegedly, he could have said to Dr. Burr, you know me and my crazy sense of humor. I right. guess that's a way also could have happened. Right. Can I say one more thing about Dr. Berger? Yeah, um, yeah I love this actor, Nor what's Norbert, Schiller? Nor Norbert Schiller. Norbert Schiller. He's, a, he's the real deal. You know, he's a Eastern European, Germanic, older man. Uh, and he does, again, going back to what I was saying about the fad diets of the 70s, even though Scarsdale came a little later, I looked into it. It's like a lot of these diets were the gurus, the doctors behind these diets were these older Germanic and or Jewish Eastern European doctors who talk like that. And so he's perfectly cast as the kind of guy who runs a fad diet or runs a spa, you know, and, uh, and he's also just hilarious in this. And I love the running gag. Of, he keeps using food metaphors in his, speech like a peach of a morning and to, a, to an extent that it becomes sadistic yeah. to oscar that he's teasing him with all this food uh image and we get more of that later we're back in the boys room and uh, at the fat farm and oscar says he can smell hot pastrami felix says it's coming from max's delicatessen oscar asks if they deliver and um after oscar says that there's a cut another weird cut felix is coming out of the bathroom but the audience laugh sounds like it's in the middle of a reaction. So there's another cut there, which again tells me, I don't think it's a syndication cut. I think something was happening in this episode. Cause this is a bit of a, I mean, there's a lot of sets and people here. There's a bit more involved than many of the other episodes. Uh, so I just think they were struggling to get everything perfect. And there's a weird cut. Uh, Felix says they're not allowed to talk to him referring, I guess, to Max. He doesn't say the them. Deli guy. Yeah, right, the deli guy. Oscar pretends, oh, he's kidding, that Max's delicatessen didn't mean didn't mean that to him. Like as soon as really it really unfortunate that there's this really nice smelling delicatessen next to a yes, farm. Right? That would also yes, that also sounds kind of unfortunate. Unfortunate. Uh, so the buzzer sounds, and I guess in the whole fat farm, and it's sleep time. So Oscar pretends to be tired wants to go to sleep and Felix puts on his night mask and Oscar says he'll never get used to sleeping with the Lone Ranger. 
The next scene is Oscar sneaking into his room. So the, they're on the ground floor and the window over, you know, right next to a way to get out of the fat farm. So Oscar's sneaking into the room with a bag of food from Max's and that heavy set lady eating dessert is with him. She has a, her own bag of food and she sees Felix and says, you have a roommate? I thought you lived alone. Which, <laughs> I know, it's great. It's like she's looking for a fat farm hookup. Yes. Uh, and Felix, so Oscar kind of tiptoes into the room with the bag. Felix starts to wake up. He's, and you can see him smelling the food. And he goes into our first, in our podcast, Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. We haven't heard that yet in the episodes mm. we've covered. Mm. And uh, Oscar starts... Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. And Oscar starts to protect his food. He throws it on the bed and kind of puts his arms around it and starts eating it. And Felix, Felix starts, can't see. Felix can't Felix, see because he's still got the mask on. Right. The ranger mask. So he's, he's listing off the items that he smells. He smells. And for every time he lists an item he smells, Oscar points to it. And he says, salami, pickles, corned beef, potato chips, beer, can opener. And when he says can op opener, Oscar says, how can you smell a can opener? But I'm going to point out. How can you smell beer in a can that's not opened? And how do you smell potato chips in a bag, which you also can see are not open? So, but it's a funny scene that Felix has these superpowers of smell. Felix says that Oscar has to get rid of all of this, and he tries to take the food from Oscar, but Oscar threatens to give him a karate chop that he learned from Hashimura. So back- Another uh, Asian stereotype. Right, but, uh, but, a, a, <laughs> but a reference back to uh, yes. what we heard earlier in the show. And Felix says he has left him no choice. And we're going to play a clip of what happens next. Hello? Uh, this is Mr. Unger in room 112. We call it. I wish to report my roommate. <laughs> for gross, oh, gross, gross violation of Berger's first commandment, thou shalt not eat in thy room. Believe That's right. I'm sorry, Oscar. This is for your own good. Now pack all that food up, put it back in the bag. You mean they're going to try to take that food away from me? Every oh, crumb. No, no, pack no, it up. No, no, Oscar, no, no, Oscar. No, that's not. All right. No, all right. You deserve the market. Get him, get him. No, no. You'll never take me, Sam. Never. Oscar, this is your best friend talking. Don't be a fat farm dropout, Oscar. Oscar, the guards are out of the room. I'm alone here now. You can trust me. Give me that. Get, get him! Get him! Get him! You dirty squealer. Oscar, I did it for your own good. So at the end, that end little moment that we heard is um, Felix has lifted Oscar's shirt and some food falls out. That's where we hear that little musical clip. Um, so he, there we heard that Felix say Berger's first commandment is, Thou shall not eat in thy room. Uh, but earlier we were told it's thou shall not nibble. So a little inconsistency there, but mm -hmm. whatever. So Felix, uh, what we also heard in that clip that you can't see, obviously, is that Felix had sent the guards around to the bathroom to capture him. But I don't understand how they got in. They're very tall people. <laughs> and I don't know if they could open the window from there. Um, but yeah, uh, bathroom windows tend to be somewhat small. Yes, and not always it, open. It is a great farcical energy of like Oscar takes the runs into the bathroom to, to, to presumably to lock himself in with the food. The guards come in, 
and Felix silently directs them out the window to go around, but he's telling Oscar, it's okay, they're gone. So he's totally tricking Oscar. And then we hear him say, get him, get him, get him. Yeah, that's a great moment. Um, it's such a great mo Felix Oscar relationship moment, of course, that Felix is such a narc, right? <laughs> that he, turn he turns Oscar in. Yeah, and, but for his own good, in, in, in Felix's view. So next we cut to a scene where Dr. Berger is lecturing Oscar, and here we hear more of the food analogies that you, that you mentioned earlier. You really went bananas. <laughs> very serious, very serious. You are really in a pickle. Why does he have to talk like that? Doctor, I've known this man a long time. He's not all bad. I've known this man a long time, and he's all bad. Yeah. You will be given... Punishment A. Does that mean I'm kicked out? I can go home. No, 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 no. It doesn't mean that at all. It means that you will not get to go to the movies tomorrow night. You'll get no unbuttered popcorn. And if you're caught with food in your room again, you'll be expelled and have nothing left but your own bad body. <laughs> Dismissed. Boy, are you lucky I was along. Not for me. You'd be on your way home now. <laughs> So the next shot is Oscar in bed asleep and Felix comes in wearing this shirt that I always found <laughs> distracting. It's yellow and blue stripe. It looks like he's working on a cruise ship. Uh, well, it's quite flamboyant and it's also very tight and form fitting. So I read it as again, showing off Tony Randall's, I will say, must say impressive 51 year old body. Uh, and, uh, but it's also very sporty, right? Cruise ship kind of, He's, you know, it's a resort, it's a spa, so it's kind of sporty. And he has a bag of popcorn in his hand, and Felix goes to turn the lamp on, and that wakes up Oscar, who notices the popcorn, and then this is what happens from there. What's that? Popcorn. Some butter? No butter, only salt. Oh, I love salt. Mm. Is it good? Yes, it is, it's good. Would you give me some? Uh-uh, you're being punished. You can't have any. <laughs> but you wouldn't squeal at me again, would you? Yes, I would. <laughs> give me some, Felix, or I'll have to kill you. You don't get any. I'll have to throw it away. Oh, give me. No, you don't give me. Give me. Give me. Give me. So uh, I, the, the way um, Felix talks about... Uh, the way they talk about, the way they're talking, that the, the, yeah. the tone of what they're saying, I always find um, funny. You know, you can't have any. Very, very childlike. <laughs> yeah, very childlike. And of course, great line reading from Klugman is, I'll have to kill you, Felix. Yes. With a big smile on his face. That popcorn, I always remember that scene too, because the popcorn does seem, maybe it's really good. Uh, maybe I'm too much in Oscar's head at that moment, but it's, even without butter, it's very tempting. I can imagine if you have you know, very little food and, and no food, that popcorn would seem like a and nice And I love treat. that's their huge indulgence. Like when the, the attendant is saying, that means you get no unbuttered popcorn at the movie. That's like a, one, that's like a, a really big treat at this place. We cut there to Oscar and Felix packing. Felix says he told Berger if Oscar has to leave, he would leave. And Berger said, no skin off my apple. <laughs> Felix feels bad for turning in his best friend, but Oscar says he was doing it for his own good. Uh, Oscar says he's going to eat the right foods and do the exercise and do everything Felix is right for him. But we know that that's BS. He's not going to do that. 
Felix is folding up. Also, while this is going on, Felix is folding a robe for Oscar, but Oscar just throws in the suitcase all messy, even though it's been folded, which is kind of like a throwaway, neat, sloppy thing while they're talking about, like, you know, a pretty meaningful conversation about their friendship. Oscar says, so you'll last 25 years and I'll last 20. What is the difference as long as they'll be happy? And Felix is upset and says, I'll miss you, which is a very touching moment. (laughs) Yeah, it's like one of the rare moments they actually get a laugh out of a real tender moment. So we come to the tag. Oscar's eating all the cold cuts and smorgasbord again. Felix comes in and is upset to see all this. Oscar says he's just cleaning up the icebox. And Felix says that Oscar knows this food is poison. Oscar says it gives him strength. Felix says he couldn't do three push-ups on the strength in this food. And Oscar says push-ups is not his thing. It's arm wrestling. And Felix puts out his arm for an arm wrestling match. And Oscar puts up his arm and Felix pins him immediately. There's almost nothing. Oscar makes no headway. And Oscar immediately puts the food back in the fridge or walks back to the fridge with the food, which is a really good tag. Yeah, good tag for change. So I give this four and a half Murray's. Um, it's not quite five for me which I hold up for some episodes. Some of it's just because of these weird cuts, even though I, some other people may not hold that against the episode. Um, but four and a half is still very good, and I just one of my favorites. Uh, I give it a solid four. Four Murrays out of five. Um, pretty much for the same reasons. I, for me, I guess, yeah, I would withhold the five for the, the ones that just have everything going for it. And here... It's really the second half when that once they get to the fat farmer that it really takes off. And that's almost its own set piece. Everything leading up to that is fine, but it's not what makes it special. And um, it also just really is, again, just what we were saying with that last previous last scene, is the tenderness, the actual affection. This is, as Klugman always said, the way, the only way the show is going to work is if, yes, they fight all the time, but you have to see that they actually love each other. And that's why they, they are friends still and Felix uh has a wonderful balance of like doing these terrible things to Oscar but clearly showing he's doing it out of love agreed there's a lot of there's a lot of what makes the episode you know really good is not just the jokes it's the fact that it really there's a story here there's a there's a, a really good story that gets into their relationship gets into some uh important things about their personalities and their storylines and how they um, think about each other and what they'll do for it to help each other and to the lengths they'll go to work together. And it's, it's good to get them out of the living room for a change. They have to be. Oh yeah. Right. So there's just a lot to it. It feels like a really, you know, you feel like you've been through a real chapter in their lives and Mm. it doesn't happen a lot. Always in the show. Sometimes it always feels very light and fluffy and this just feels a little more deep. And I, I think it works. It's a good one. Well, uh, I guess that's all we have to say. This was easy. This was no skin off my apple either. <laughs> this podcast talking about it. You are really in a pickle, Ted. <laughs> so we thank everyone for listening. Um, you can contact us at 1040pod, 1049pod at gmail.com. And you can, uh, of course, leave us hopefully positive feedback and ratings on iTunes or Podbean where we host our podcast or wherever else you get your podcast. So um, we will talk to you next week. Uh, I think next week our episode will be the odd couple meet their host. 
because that is not an episode we're going to skip, and that's the next uh, sequentially. So we will say goodbye and thank you for listening.